Hi, welcome to Navi Tales. I'm Josh. Hello, I am Nick. <laughs> okay, robot. <laughs> Hello, I am Nick. This is my co-host, the android that replaced Nick. Yes. And today we are talking about Mother 3. Most people only know Mother 3 because of Smash Bros. Most people only know Earthbound because of Smash Bros. Yeah, honestly. Um, Mother 3 was a Japanese-only game that uh, is actually the sequel to Earthbound. Um, which is actually the Japanese name for Earthbound is Mother 2 because Mother 1 came out before. So mo- it got released Mother 1, Mother 2, and Mother 3. You know how normal games get released. Right. The only one we got here was Mother 2 and they renamed it Earthbound. Right. Because they're not going to give us Mother 2. It's just going to confuse the little kids. But Mother 3 has, in the communities that I hang out in, uh, it has long been um, desired to be localized over here because it's a legitimately good game. I actually own Mother 3 for the Game Boy. It was only released for the Game Boy Advanced. And I own it for the Game Boy Advanced. Um, my cousin gave it to me a couple years ago for Christmas, and it's great. I adore it. So I've actually played through Mother 3. Um, yeah. It's great. Yeah, It's one of the saddest games. It is such a sad game. Uh, but if I think any of them were to ever get turned into a movie, I'd want Mother 3 to be turned into a movie. Because Mother 3 is ridiculous. Mother, uh, Mother 2 or Earthbound should be an anime. But Mother 3 should be a movie. I can see that. I, I just, that's what I, and Mother 1 is so kind of bare bones as far as a story slash jrpg is concerned it's a grind fest i've played mother one they released it for wii u under the name earthbound beginnings uh so i've actually played mother one and uh i think i I only got close to beating it because it's such a grind fest yeah that's those are the worst it's it's such a difficult grind grind fest too so earthbound is a lot fixed all those problems which is probably why we got that one but they never released Mother 2 over here, or, yeah, Mother 3 over here. Although they were going to. The Nintendo 64, they were going to remake Mother 3 from the ground up. The Nintendo 64. And then they didn't, and then they transferred that story into the Game Boy Advance cartridge uh, in the style of Mother 2. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about this. You didn't come here for history. You came here for a podcast on the lore. Um, this episode ha- up front is definitely going to be two parts. There's a lot in Mother 3. So uh, we want to make sure that you get as much as possible. By we, I mean me, because I adore this game. Uh, it's just so sad, too. But we'll dive into it. The game opens showing Hanawa visiting her father, Alec, and her twin sons, Klaus and Lucas. After her son's play fight with some Dragos, Hanawa writes a letter to her husband, Flint stating that she expects to be returning home to Tasmili Village sometime soon. After sending the letter, she hears a strange anthem being played by an unseen flying object. Flash to Flint that evening, the Sunset Forest is set on fire by a group of strange people in pig-like masks. Thomas the fireman of the nearby rural village of Tasmili rushes to Flint's house and tries to wake him up. Thomas forces Flint to head into the forest to rescue lighter and fuel who are still trapped in the fire. 
That's fucking unfortunate. And on top of it, the firefighter makes the main character do this, or the main <laughs> character at this point do this. Good. Because the firefighter can't do it. I believe he's scared. I don't remember, <laughs> but it's the mother franchise you need to remember is super, super, super satirical, especially satirical towards American culture. Which is why I think that it should be translated into an American audience, because at this point, I think we're down for a little bit of satire towards America. Um, but it's brilliantly satirical towards American culture. That's why you get the shit beat out of you by cops in Earthbound. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. You get you. One of the hardest fights in the game is you. You have to fight all these cops in a row. And the final one is the police chief. They just beat the shit out of a kid. Right. It's super satirical towards Americans. So I, and I feel like we'd resonate really hard with that nowadays. But uh, yeah, the, I believe the firefighter is afraid of fire. Flint and Thomas eventually find lighter, but he had sustained several injuries, apparently from trying to fight off the swarm of bugs nearby. The bugs appear to be responsible for the fire. As Flint confronts them himself, they repeatedly attack by shooting flames from their proboscises. Sure, I have no idea how to pronounce it. Proboscises. Ass. From their ass. Actually, I think proboscises might be antenna. I don't fucking care. Proboscises. The the nose of a mammal. Nope. In many insects, elongated sucking mouth part that is... that is typically tubular and flexible. Oh, so like out of the like mosquito part. Yeah. Okay. Out of those things. And they shoot fire. Like a Charizard. Like a Charizard. After defeating the swarm, Flint rescues Fuel, who became trapped in his burning house and was only saved seconds before it collapsed. After reuniting Fuel with Lighter, Tesmali experiences its first rainstorm in a while putting out the fire. However, the, the residents realize that Hanawa still hasn't come home and organize a search party for her. Eventually, someone comes across a plateau that appears to have been gashed at by a Drago. This fact worries him, as Dragos are peaceful creatures. Even more worrying is the sight of a red scrap of cloth hanging on a tree branch. Seeking to scale the plateau, Flint employs the help of Duster, a skillful adventurer handicapped by a distinctive limp. Using his wall staples, Duster forms a ladder to scale the plateau, with Flint taking the lead. Flint then further examines the scrap of cloth on the tree and finds that the cloth is identical in color to Hinawa's dress. However, his concern is interrupted by the sight of the strange pig-like people who set the forest on fire earlier. The pig-like people react by sending a cybernetic caribou after them. Upon the caribou's defeat, the pig-like people flee, dropping a notebook detailing their plans to improve the wildlife by taking them apart and fusing them with either cybernetic modifications or parts of other living creatures, a plan dubbed as the Fascinating Chimera Project. Flint tucks away the notebook and returns to the village, where Tessie announces that Klaus and Lucas were found in the river and are drying by a nearby campfire. However, this period of relief is short-lived, as Bronson suddenly arrives with some good news and some bad news. The good news is that Bronson managed to find a severed Drango Fang, and it could be used to make a great weapon. The bad news, however, is where he found the Fang. It was pierced through Hinawa's heart. Hinawa's murder shocks everybody, but especially devastates Flint, who assaults his peers in a blind rage before being knocked unconscious by Lighter. 
I got some good news and some bad news. The good news is I found a new weapon. The bad news is your wife is dead. <laughs> the bad news is it was in your wife. Flint wakes up to find that he is the first prisoner of Tazmilly Village's jail. Bronson explains that everyone understands Flint's grief and why he went on a rampage last night, but also admonishes Flint for his poor method of coping with the stress of his wife's murder. Bronson asks Flint to see him once he gets out of jail as the former managed to fashion the Drago's Fang into an effective weapon. Flint is then visited by Klaus, who leaves him an apple with a hand file tucked into the core. Klaus boasts that he'll become strong enough to take on the Drago that killed Hanawa, then leaves without finishing his last sentence. Flint then finds the hand file in the apple and uses it to break open the rusted lock on the jail cell's door before heading off to Hanawa's wake. There, Alec forces Lucas to reveal that Klaus stole Flint's kitchen knife and ran off to the Drago Plateau to avenge Hanawa. Lucas runs away out of shame as he let Klaus do something that he would likely get him killed, and Alec instructs Flint to meet him at his home at Mount Oriander. Once the two men meet up, they head off to the house of uh, Aeolia, the leader of the Magipsies, genderless, effeminate humanoids with special abilities. Aeolia and the Magipsies reveal that Klaus visited them on his trek to Drago Plateau and was granted a special power by them for combat. Knowing this, Flint and Alec head off to Drago Plateau to find Klaus. While scaling the Drago Plateau, Flint and Alec come across several more of the pig-like people who've been recently terrorizing Tazmilly Village and later find a baby Drago playing with a shoe that is unmistakably Klaus's. Traveling further, they find Klaus's other shoe and with it, a cybernetic Drago short one fang, the fang that killed Hanawa. Recognizing his wife's murderer, Flint pierces the Drago's hide with its own fang and fights it until it collapses. However, Alec stops Flint from killing the Drago when its child intervenes, stating that killing the Drago will only throw its child into the same world of grief as Klaus and Lucas. However, Alec's words are futile as the Drago succumbs to its injuries anyway. Flint and Alec then head back to Tasmili Village as... The camera pans below the plateau. A body is seen lying face down, seemingly dead from an apparent fall. It is Klaus. The story then switches to Duster's perspective, beginning when he consoles Flint after the latter escapes from jail. The following night, Duster is tasked by his father, Wes, to infiltrate the abandoned Oso castle and recover a very important item from it. Taking a series of useful tools with him, Duster heads to the castle, running into a suspicious peddler and his pet monkey along the way. Duster also encounters Butch the farmer, who offered some pigs to the peddler in exchange for a bag full of strange stuff called money. <laughs> Upon reaching the cemetery, he is briefly attacked by the undead and animated gravestones before successfully infiltrating Osho Castle. Inside the castle, Duster encounters hordes of ghosts. Many of them are quite hostile, though some are actually very friendly. Venturing further into the castle, Duster sees a strange girl pass by him, dropping a shiny pendant along the way. Duster takes the pendant and fights a ghostly orchestra conductor before finding the noble spittoon, which he believes to be the item that West was asking for. Duster takes the spittoon and heads back home. However, when the spittoon is presented by West, he shatters it in rage, scolding Duster for bringing him the wrong item. Just as he loses faith in his son, Wes notices the pendant that the latter picked up during the previous mission. Wes tells Duster of its importance and joins him to infiltrate Oso Castle a second time the following morning. 
However, their endeavors are complicated by the pig-like people who are also searching for Wes's very important item. The pig-like people send an electric-powered clay golem after them, but Wes and Duster are able to fight it off until it collapses. The pig-like people, unable to reactivate the golem, retreat. Making their way further into the castle, Wes and Duster are nearly hit with a blast of PK Freeze and meet the strange girl Duster met before, Kumatora, the tomboy princess of the Osho castle. Kumatora begins trusting Wes and Duster after they free her from a bear trap and begins joining them on their journey for Wes's very important item. Along the way, they find a balcony looking out to the castle's courtyard. In the middle of the courtyard is a glowing golden needle. Wes explains that when he asked King Osho about it, the latter gravely stated that it was of no importance. Though Wes seems to be aware that the king was lying about the needle, he dismisses it as it is not his very important item. Eventually, Wes, Duster, and Kumatora find a room containing the Egg of Light, Wes's very important item. It's got Arceus in it. Mm-hmm. Arceus. However, the pig-like people reach him as well and are attempting to break down the door with more clay golems. Kumatora hastily takes the Egg of Light, only to open a trap door that drops her, Wes, and Duster into a pool below the castle. There, they face off against a gigantic snake before being abruptly drained out of the castle. Upon recovering, Kumatora and Wes discover that Duster isn't with them and go through town to find him. At the town square, however, they are confronted by Butch, who accuses Wes and Duster of stealing the money that he hid in the well. Kumatora tries to defend the pair, scaring Butch in the process, before Flint steps in and urges everyone to hold their hysteria until Duster returns. The story then switches perspectives yet again, this time focusing on a monkey who was poached from the wild some unknown time ago, along with his girlfriend. The monkey is forced to work for Fasad Yokuba, one of the highest ranking members of the Pig Mask army. The Pig Masks, named for their pig-like outfits, had previously set fire to a forest near a rural village and began their fascinating chimera project by con- converting a caribou and a drago into cybernetic chimeras. However, the Drago ended up escaping, and the pig masks are unable to figure out what had happened to it. Nevertheless, the pig masks decided to continue their missions across the Nowhere Islands. Wasn't Kaiba's name in Yu-Gi-Oh! Kaiba Yokuba? Or wasn't Yokuba like a character in Yu-Gi-Oh? No, Kaiba's his last name. Oh, it was Seto Kaiba. Yeah. So what? Why does Yokuba sound like Mokuba Yu-Gi-Oh? is his brother. That's it. There it is. I knew you would know. <laughs> Boom, there it is. <laughs> I knew you would know. You know obscure childhood animes. Yeah, you right. A pig mask airship landed in the Death Desert, a desolate area full of dangerous animals. Facade forces his captured monkey to work for him in exchange for the life of the monkey's girlfriend. Naming the monkey Salsa. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever get a monkey. <laughs> I swear to God, if I ever get a monkey. Naming the monkey Salsa, Facade equips him with a shock collar that can be activated at the push of a button for disciplinary use. Grudgingly, Salsa treks through the desert until provoking and defeating a cactus wolf, at which point, Facade opens a secret underground passage. The passage ends up leading to a graveyard in a rural village called Tasmali. The town is caught in a state of grief following the death of one of their residents who was murdered by a hostile Drago. Arriving at night, Facade and Salsa make their way to the town before bumping into a limping, bad-breathed bum. They also overhear a conversation between the bum and a man who previously gave Facade some pigs 
in exchange for money. Fassad learns that the latter man hid his money in the town's well and takes back the money knowing that it'll cause an upset in the town. He then decides to stay the night in the town's inn, learning that the town lacks a monetary system. <laughs> the next morning, Fassad gathers the town people and delivers an elaborate propaganda speech. He states that the world around us has fallen into a state of peril, citing the pig mask's acts of terror upon Tasmili village, and explains that the only way to reclaim peace and happiness is to install happy boxes in their homes. Gaining the public's attention, Vasad spreads happy boxes all over town, with Salsa stuck as the sole delivery person. Vasad later receives notice that the pig mask's raid of Oso Castle, intended to obtain the Egg of Light, is being interrupted by a second group of amateur raiders. Knowing that the amateurs are in the basement, Fassad forces Salsa to drain the waters at the bottom of the castle, washing away the amateurs. Fassad then goes back to the inn to stay the night. However, on his way there, he encounters a frenzy erupting in the town square. The man who sold Fassad his pigs is accusing a family in the town of stealing his money. Fassad takes the opportunity to continue his propaganda while a strange girl in the crowd forms a telepathic connection with Salsa. The next night, Salsa awakens to hear a girl's voice, the same girl he had met earlier. She frees him of Fassad's control, aided by an old man, by removing his shock collar and destroying the remote that activates the shocks. However, Fassad wakes up and confronts the group, forcing the latter to run into the forest. Despite their efforts, Salsa and company are confronted by tanks and soldiers and are eventually cornered. Right when Fassad prepares to arrest the rebellious group, a blonde-haired kid walks onto the scene, along with a baby Drago and its mother. At the kid's command, the adult Drago ravages the pig masks, forcing them to flee. The pig masks may be bumbling and still failing, but their influence has successfully spread through the Nowhere Islands as a result of the Happy Boxes, which are implied to have brainwashed their owners. The region has become highly modernized to the point where it resembles America slash Eagle Land, which is what um, Eagle Land is a, a thing in uh, Earthbound that's supposed to look like America. <laughs> and now even runs on a monetary system utilizing a currency called Dragon Power, or DP. Happy boxes are commonplace in buildings, particularly in the now Onnet-esque Tasmili village. Though buildings lacking happy boxes are inexplicably destroyed by lightning strikes, with Flint's house being a recurring target. The government also appears to be quite strict, arresting West and throwing him into a retirement home for protesting during one of Facade's speeches. Citizens pledge allegiance to their great King P, and the pig masks hold militaristic totalitarian law. However, a small group of people still remain skeptical of the new government, and will go on to rebel. The story continues three years after that fateful evening, now taking its final change in perspective and focusing on Lucas. His viewpoint is where the rest of the game is focused, still grieving from his mother's death, albeit no longer publicly displaying it. He starts to grow suspicious after hearing of the appearance of an apparent doppelganger of Duster, who disappeared three years ago. Aided by his dog, Boney, he learns that the suspicious man in question is Lucky, the bassist for the DCMC, who regularly performs at Club Titty Boo. That sentence was a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed the ride. 
regularly performs at Club Tidibu near the Clayman factory, where electrically powered clay golems are manufactured and maintained. Since he cannot take the train, he travels to the factory through the tunnels. Along the way, he runs into the Magipsy Ionia, who allows him to use the Magipsy's special ability, Psionic Powers, or PSI. Alongside these powers is a Tier A of PK Love, an immensely powerful PSI attack. A surprised Ionia explains that PK Love is a PSI that is hardly ever learned and learned only by a select group of people. I think it's supposed to be Alpha, but sure. I've always called it AB, whatever. But yeah, it is Alpha Omega. It's mostly because I played Earthbound for the first time when I was a kid. Uh, and just how I viewed you, it. You didn't know yeah. Greek. I didn't know Greek back then. But you're right, it is Alpha. You're like, it's Alpha B and Horseshoe. Yeah, I just called it A, B, and O. That it's, but like, it carries over. Yeah. After traveling to the factory, Lucas learns that Club Tittyboo. Okay. <laughs> That's so fun. Oh shit. Is only accessible to a factory employees. To a factory employees. Just one. Fuck. It's only accessible to factory employees. I'm leaving that whole thing in. <laughs> That's just there. That's not in the outtakes. Prompting him to take a brief part time job escorting worn out Clayman to a recharging station. Eventually, Lucas gains access to the club, but is forced to go back due to the club's no-pets policy, only to return with Boney disguised as a person. However, Lucas and Boney are still denied entrance and are only admitted in at the recommendation of one of the waitresses, Violet, who claims that Lucas is the legendary Prince Pooh. Yes, that Pooh from Earthbound. Yeah, Prince Pooh. He's back. Kind of. They think Lucas is Prince Pooh. Yeah. Once inside, Violet reveals to Lucas and Boney that she is actually a disguised Kumatora, who both aided Duster and Wes during the second raid of Oso Castle and connected with Salsa and spearheaded his escape. She promises to explain everything to them after the concert. Following the concert, Kumatora drags Lucas and Boney down a hidden passageway to one of the dressing rooms, where she explains that Lucky is actually an amnesic Duster who disappeared from public view three years ago after hiding the Egg of Light. However, Kumatora also explains that she has trouble contacting him, as he is regularly kept under security due to his status as a celebrity. As a result, she asks Lucas and Boney to navigate Club Tittyboo's attic and infiltrate Lucky's dressing room. I love Tittyboo. After navigating the attic and disposing of the DCMC's sentient, retired, and vengeful base. <laughs> Love this franchise. <laughs> Lucas and Boney make it into Lucky's dressing room. There, the DCMC has gathered together, and Lucky reveals to Lucas that he hid the Egg of Light somewhere in the Unknown Valley, but is still trying to remember his true identity. Unable to choose whether to continue living as the DCMC's bassist or become Duster again and reclaim the egg, he places the decision in the hand of the band, who settled the decision via rock-paper-scissors. The entire band agrees on the fact that Lucky is destined to become Duster again and utilize coincidence and deception to lose to Lucas on purpose. This convinces Lucky to call himself Duster again and search for the Egg of Light. Before leaving, he briefly relives how he became Lucky. After hiding the egg and losing his memories, Duster was taken in by the DCMC, who gave him the pseudonym Lucky and hired him as their bassist. As Lucky, Duster consistently practiced the bass and became a famed member of the DCMC, 
Before leaving, Duster eavesdrops on the DCMC's first concert without him, where they sing farewell to their departed Lucky. Trekking through the Unknown Valley, the group eventually comes across an inactive clayman that Duster hid the Egg of Light within. However, a bolt of lightning supercharges the golem, causing it to get up and run off somewhere. Seeing the monster run down the highway, Kumatora prompts everyone to go after it. While they follow the clayman through a nearby warehouse, they are suddenly stopped by a group of pig masks. Apparently, Lucas bears a striking resemblance to the pig masks' commander-in-chief, to the point where the pig masks can't discern the two apart and believe that Lucas is the commander. After being dressed up into a proper uniform, Lucas, in the commander's vest and trousers, and the company dressed in pig masks' uniforms, find the egg-bearing clayman being driven off to the dump, prompting the group to continue their search down the highway. Continuing further down the highway, the group eventually reaches the municipal dump, where claymen that can no longer function properly are deposited in heaps of clay. Among these heaps is the clayman bearing the egg of light, but before Duster can reclaim it, some of the dump's discarded clay fuses with some other scraps, to create a sentient pile of garbage, because that is an ongoing theme in Earthbound games. Pretty, yeah. The Mother franchise always has sentient garbage, and I adore it. Lucas and company manage to defeat the forlorn junk heap and take back the egg. The moment Duster picks it up, he regains all of his memories he had lost three years ago, allowing him to become the same Duster that fought the reconstruction caribou with Flint on the Drago Plateau. The same Duster that raided Osho Castle twice, and the same duster that was washed away, separated from his father and uh, Kumatora, and hid the egg in an apparently dead clayman before losing his memories. However, his celebration is cut short by the pig masks, who take the group over to the Thunder Tower. Lucas and company climb up the tower, learning along the way that it was built for the purpose of destroying homes that refused to install happy boxes by shooting bolts of electricity. This manages to explain the lightning strikes that have repeatedly plagued Lucas's home. After climbing high up the tower and defeating a better-equipped, fierce pork trooper, the group runs into none other than Facade. He easily discerns Lucas as the blonde-haired kid who sent a Drago to drive off the pig's masks at the end of Chapter 3 and chases him further up the tower. During Lucas and company's escape, they find their way into a strange playroom belonging to King P. Among other items are a casket from a foreign land, some teddy bears that don't look like they were used since the 1990s, and a jukebox, specifically one that would be better suited for a cafe somewhere in a big city, that only plays a song suited for a department store. Climbing further up, Lucas gets struck by a faulty bolt of electricity from a disheveled part of the tower, allowing him to realize the power of PK Flash. He is then driven further up by Facade, but not without taking the opportunity to destroy the tower's main generator, destroying the tower in turn. Forced onto the roof, Lucas and company are left to die on the crumbling tower by facade. The latter then heads to the pig mask's mothership to escape, but a tremor causes him to slip on one of the discarded banana peels and fall to his death. Duster then seizes the opportunity to grab onto the mothership and follow it, with Lucas, Kumatora, and Boney hanging onto him. However, the ship shakes the group off, causing them to scatter about as the pig mask's real commander-in-chief, a strange masked man, watches them. And that's where we're going to end Earthbound, or Mother 3 for now. Um, if you get the chance between now and then, start this game. I'm sure ROMs exist. 
Um, even though Nintendo has tried to take down fucking every single one. Yeah. But uh, I I mean, I have a ROM copy, uh, a ROM hack copy of Earth, of Mother 3 for my Game Boy. Like, you can get it. So, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend this game. I arguably like this game better than Earthbound because I think it is a more polished game. But I think that I have better memories with Earthbound than I do with Mother 3. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, I do want to play it at some point. Like I've only played Earthbound, and I I really enjoyed Earthbound, but I've I, always I, I've always been I, interested in playing this one. I made you play Earthbound, and again, it's a it's a weird one because like we have Lucas in one bit of Nintendo media, right? That's it. Yeah, you have him in Smash, and that's it. And, and that's but it. like with the new one, which we will get to, there this there are a bunch of spirits that are of Mother Three. Like I have a Flint spirit. Like, it's weird that, like, they don't do anything with this IP when, if they put it on the digital store for the Switch for 20 bucks, I'd fucking buy that in a minute. Yeah, I probably would, too. The game's been out since 2000, like, early 2000s, if that. Like, I'd buy this game in a fucking minute for 20 bucks. You will, you will have my money, and all you have to do is, um, pay the translator that's already very accurately translated this. Right. Because people have translated this for just to spread this game around. Because the mother community is ridiculous. The mother community sprouted the mother community sprouted Undertale and they all all they do is give. And I that's why I love people in like the Starman forums and stuff. But yeah, the twenty bucks and then you'll sell so many copies. <laughs> For yeah, a game honestly. that you already made. Yeah. There's nothing else left to do but pay a man who already translated it for you. Yeah. It's literally all done. Yeah. You already translated it. You just got to be like, hey. And, and it's translated digitally. All you have to do is pay that man. Yeah. And then we'll, we can all be happy and you will have money. The end. That's it. That's all. <laughs> just give me Mother 3. Give me a localization, please. Put it on my Switch. Yeah. I don't think I'm asking a lot. <laughs> Really not. But as we like to end every episode, let's talk about what we've been playing. Smash. Rather than asking you what you've been playing, because I know what you've been playing, because we've both been playing the same thing. Yeah, dude. Playing some god dang Smash Bros. <laughs> Smash Bros. Ultimate is out for the Nintendo Switch. If you don't want to hear anything about this game, get out. Bye. I love you. But <laughs> I want to talk about how great this game is. So, let's talk. First impressions. I fucking love it. Yeah, me too. I love. That's it. This is definitely a love letter. It's well, yeah, it super is. From like, just of how much content there is, just the fact that it has every fucking Smash character ever plus new ones. It's it's a hundred percent a love letter, and and it's one that we honestly don't deserve. Um, everyone freaked out when they took the trophies out, but I love the spirits. The spirits are great, and it. How they set it up is great. So I want to talk about adventure mode. Um, so so first off, I played a lot more classic mode than I have adventure mode because I wanted to unlock everyone. Same. Uh, unlike most fighting games, Smash Bros. Ultimate sticks to the true kind of Smash Bros. feeling of having to unlock everyone, which I'm 100% down with. Uh, I finished unlocking people like on Sunday. Uh, do you still not have everyone? Yeah, I'm missing like somewhere around 10, maybe a little bit less. Yeah, uh, and that, that's what I feel like most people are doing. I, I had a lot of free time on Sunday, so I, I gunned through getting everyone. And then I, I got the last one and went, wait, did I just get everyone? <laughs> like, I thought, 
Yeah. I wasn't even paying attention, that kind of thing. I was just gunning through classic mode. Uh, I had a friend over. She was like, I just want you to unlock everyone, so let's just hang out and talk. And then I was just grinding through it while I was talking. Um, but adventure mode is amazing. So I, I guess I was confused with how spirits worked initially. Um, I guess the best way to describe it is let's start at the beginning. Uh, Super Smash Bros. was always supposed to be a kid playing with toys in his bedroom. Yeah. And they really kind of encompassed that with this idea where you have the spirit, let's say, Groudon, because I recently fought Groudon. You have the Groudon spirit. You have to fight a Red Bowser who has a lava floor and uh, has a boosted B attack that it uses frequently. So it's just a Bowser that's constantly breathing fire in a fire thing, but it's all red. So it is, they're trying to do their best to use the fighters that they have and the assets that they have to make you fight this other character. Which works perfectly and pretty it, much every time. Yeah, it works so great, and it blows my mind with some of the ones they do. Yeah, like Magneton, you fight three Metal Mar- uh, Pac-Man. Oh my, see, exactly. You fight three, and like they, they want it to visually look like that. Um, oh, what was the one? I, I, I fought Buzz Buzz, and I think I fought a Dark Pit that was super small, like, micro twice that's that's awesome yeah it's things like that where like you're they're doing their best to put these characters in the game using the assets they already have right and it works so well i I haven't really encountered any that i went no that's dumb yeah me either like it's it's always you tried your fucking hardest i see that (laughs) yeah no it's great the spirit fights are great because like you said it's just like like you just did Latios and Latias, and you fought a red and blue Charizard. Yeah, and who, they summoned who summoned Latios and Latias. Yeah, they they immediately began with a Pokeball that they threw because that's just what happens, and it automatically summons Latios and Latias. So I'm fighting a Charizard and a two Charizards, a blue and a red one, and both of them have enhanced speed. Like I was just like, oh, this is kind of like fighting Latios and Latias. It's neat. Yeah, it really is, and a lot of creativity and work went into it. And you could tell, like, the creativity is the big one for me. Oh yeah, because it is very creative. Yeah, with it's, how super, they do it. it's super creative with just using what they have to make these all these other characters that aren't in the game, but they already have a bunch of characters to work with. Yeah, and, and you working with those characters to basically put these characters in the game. And they explain how it works like canonically. Like they're they're making these puppets, and the puppets are the puppets of all these fighters, and the puppets are fi- powered by the spirit, who then is using that particular puppet to resemble itself. Right. So it's great. <laughs> I, and then you have like the, the spirits for the player where you can put them on your characters and kind of like they'll influence battle. Like you, you'll get one that like makes your PK attack stronger or makes it so that you're immune to um, sleep because every, every now and then you'll, you'll fight a character that's sleep based and the entire bottom floor of the level will be just covered in sleep dust sleep clouds and like you'll fall asleep if you go down there but like if you put on certain spirits you're immune to that now so it's things like that that really influence how the game is played it's like strategy yeah it is and, and it, i like it and it's really neat um what character have you been playing the most so far corin Cor- i can tell corin female <laughs> i can tell because and it pisses me off that corin female is not default because corin female is like I guess canonically the way it is. Because, like, so, like, it's the same thing with Robin. Yeah. Robin's 
two genders because you get to choose the gender. In the yeah, and his game wasn't named Robin; it was your name, and you picked how it looked. Like you picked the hair right. color and whatever, and you picked the gender. But they were like, "Hey, we want to use this character outside of this one game. How do we do that? We slap a name on it, and we make him the male with the white hair." Yeah. Well, they did the same thing. And they were like, "Here's Corin," but I think Corin's usually female, so it pisses me off that it's not default. Yeah. So I just use female Corin. But yeah, I've been female Corin's been my main, and I fucking love King K rule. Uh, you do. Uh, Nick and I got the chance to play a little bit together last night. King K. Rule is so fun, and he is just ridiculous. He's I don't know, absurd. I don't know who let this character exist, but like, let's give a her- heavy character uh, a counter, uh, a recovery that's akin to villager, uh, two projectiles, yeah, uh, a back air that spikes. And just like even just the gun in itself in in general, so where, where you just like can like stand at the ledge and just suck somebody in and then shoot them. It's so unfair, <laughs> and, and you great. know it. It's great. Um, I've been playing a lot of Donkey Kong because I've really liked the changes they've made to Donkey Kong. I've been playing a lot of Snake because I've fucking missed him. His snake is dumb. And you were so mad. You were so mad at me last snake night. Snake is dumb. You were. It's one of those times where you absolutely won that fight. Like you won that fight. But you weren't happy with it? <laughs> no. Literally the entire fight was just Josh spamming his specials, which are grrenades, like, landmines, and rockets, and running. The That's entire all you match. you can do with Snake! I was so triggered. And then, uh, I, I really, and I, I really, and by really I mean adore playing the Inkling. Yeah, Inklings are fun, I just haven't spent a lot of time with them. I really, really, really like playing Inkling. There's a couple characters I want to revisit. I really haven't played, ironically enough, the PK kids. Yeah. I haven't played Ness or Lucas much, which in the past have been my mains. But I've just been so into getting good with Inkling that I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to be good with this character. And I'm getting there. I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I can like run this character. Uh, if I play online, I only play Snake right now, though, because I'm a dick. <sighs> um, but yeah, I've... I've obviously had more time at it than you have at this point, but on Sunday after I unlocked everyone, I played online for a couple hours with uh, friends of the show, Matt and Alec, if you're in the Discord. Uh, Chronolink is Alec. So I played Smash with them for a bit, and I um, had some hiccups. Uh, there were, it was some lag sometimes, but actually for the most part, in a private room, it was really, really seamless and absurdly fun. Oh, yeah. This game is absurdly fun. Like, it's me running around as fucking Incineroar calling me Bubsy and yelling John Cena memes out loud. And me changing the music in the background to the We Shop channel music and Guile's theme and uh, City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2 <laughs> because this game is just a big meme. Because this game is a $60 album like game <laughs> attached. It's, it's a big meme and I am just having so much fun with it. There's like... And it's like little things like that, like, who would have thought to put the, mu- the theme song from Sonic 06 in a game? Right. But I swear to God, if you look, it's in this fucking game <laughs> default. Like, it's, we don't need that. No one needs that. But we have it. Like, why, why should I make all of my, why should I subject all of my friends to listening to the Wii Shop channel music while we're selecting fighters? <laughs> but we can. But I absolutely do. <laughs> Like, it's ridiculous, but I love it so much. 
Like, the Miis are really customizable in this one. Like, Nick was here and I just unlocked, like, a fighter Mii that looks exactly like Skull Kid from Majora's Mask. Because they didn't put him in the game, so this is the closest I get. And they gave me at least something, you know what I mean? Hey, yeah. Like, no, you didn't make Isaac a playable character, but I can at least make a sword me look like Isaac. Like, it's cool things like that. You're giving me a little bit. And that's all I care about. You hear me, and that makes me happy. This game's great. We don't deserve it. We really don't. But we have it. Especially, like... I don't even know if I... I feel like I did. I looked up, like, the, the years difference of, like, each Smash game, because, like... Yeah. I feel like Sakurai dies a little bit every time he makes one of these he games. He looks worse and worse every time. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... Like, we... Yeah, we don't fucking deserve this game, and it's so big in, like, every aspect. Yeah, and it's such, like... This is definitely in my top games of this year, and it just came out, yeah, like, in got, December. We got, like, a couple weeks left like, of like, the year. Like, you just, like, punched my list of top games of 2018 in the ball, Sakurai. Thank you. Because it's exactly what I've always wanted. It is the definitive smash. And I wouldn't be surprised if it were the last one, because we don't need another one. Right. We don't. No, we don't. Just, we got five more characters, six, if you count the plant. We got Petey Piranha coming out, and they announced the first DLC character being Joker from Persona. Yeah. I'm not familiar with Persona. Me either, but... But I'm... I know that... I know it's music, which is a weird thing to say, but we recently did a heist in my other D&D campaign, and the Persona music works so well because a Persona is a big game about heists. You're going to hear some of it. So I... um, I don't know. I, I like the music. I don't know a whole lot more. Yeah. Um, but I am excited to see how the character plays. Yeah, I'm um, excited if they, like, do... Like the f the last four is just like stuff like that, like franchises you wouldn't think of. Like I want outside of I outside of still Nintendo. want Banjo Kazooie. I mean, I went when you think of Nintendo sixty four games, at the top of my head is Banjo Kazooie. Right. I I get that they don't own it, and it's an issue with Microsoft, but they got Snake. Like it's not that absurd. Yeah. Like, and I would really like to see Gino, but at this point, I think Gino's a little far fetched. Gino being a character from Mario RPG, which right. is produced by Square Enix and published by Nintendo. So it's a little bit out there, but definitely a fan desire. Uh, I'd like to see Gino. I'm guessing we won't. I, at this point, I think we would it'd be more likely to see Banjo than Gino. Probably. But I, I'm, I'm hoping we get a little bit of Banjo-Kazooie in this. I'd be down for some Banjo. Other speculations. Who else would you think there'd be? At this point, we have four <sighs> characters. I don't even know. Like, if you asked me, I would never have guessed fucking a Persona character. So, who knows at this point? I'm just trying to think. Um, and then you got characters like Shovel Knight showing up in the game. Yeah, I really wish he was a main character, but... I'm just glad he's in the game. Did you get the... He's one of the rarest uh, assist trophies in the game. Is he? Did, I've gotten him, like, twice. Did, I've gotten him once, and I've played a lot more than you. Did you get the video I sent you? I think yeah, I yeah, should, yeah. yeah. So the the dev team for Shovel Knight was doing a live stream of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And when they finally got Shovel Knight out of the assist trophies, I think the only item they had on was assist trophies for this. Once they finally got it, they all freaked out. I mean, and that's got to be crazy because only the best of the best ends up in Smash Bros. Right. Like, they don't put... 
as far as like their caliber, you know what I mean? Like an indie yeah. game like that, if you're an indie game and you end up in Smash Bros, that fucking means something. Right. And they put Shovel Knight right in the game. I mean, you can just like think of it like they got, they have Shovel Knight as an assist trophy. He's a spirit. The other, um, they have Plague Knight and Spectre Knight as spirits. I'm and I wouldn't be surprised if King Knight was one of them. Right. And all four of those characters got amiibos. Or, right. We're still waiting on three of them. God. Mm. But, um, but yeah, they got amiibos. Yeah. Like, what other, like, Indie games got amiibos. I I, I honestly don't know because I'm looking at my amiibo collection, which I have a lot of amiibos, and I can't think of a fucking one. But I have a shovel knight amiibo. Damn it! Right. So, the only other ones I the only thing close to it is Skylanders for the Wii U has it has uh, Donkey Kong and Bowser in it. Right. And both of those function as Donkey Kong and Bowser amiibos. Right. But they're still right Mario character uh, Nintendo characters. Right. That's why I said it was close, but it's not the same. Yeah, and everything else is like major third party, like Solaire or right uh, stuff like that. And then it then they're in Smash. Yeah, like so, like you have Solaire for Smash. Like, oh, dude, <laughs> what I wouldn't fucking give. I if look. Dude, I just want to taunt and salute the and Exactly. My taunt is gonna be praising the sun, and I'll be damned if that isn't all I do. But, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, like, I'm looking forward to picking up a Snake Amiibo. Just because it's a, kind of a crazy thing to say out loud, but they're gonna come out with one. They always come out with every character in Smash. Right. They're, repr- they're already reprinting the Smash Amiibos. And, like, because uh, I was at uh, Best Buy the other day, and I was like, holy shit, they have, like, Captain Falcon Amiibos again. Yeah, I saw a Mario for, like, the first time in years. Yeah. Outside they- of, like... Bowser's basement. Yeah, because they're reprinting them, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to pick some of these up because I don't care if they're first edition. I just want them. Yeah, I use my amiibos. I'm not one of those people who keep them boxed. Yeah, no, I have. A, I use all mine too, but and I have like a bunch of the Smash ones because I like I tried to collect them when they were first coming out. I have all the Zelda ones, but but like since they're all coming out again, one of the Zelda I'm I don't have all of them. I'm missing a couple. One of the Zelda ones I'm missing is Smash Toon Link. Boom, and but- then and then I wouldn't be surprised if they came out with the Young Link amiibo. They probably will. Which I'm curious of now. Do you think my Majora's Mask amiibo counts as a Young Link amiibo or a Link amiibo? That's a good question. We can find that out momentarily, yeah. but it's a thought in my brain at the moment. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't even think of that because it because is Young Link. I think before, if you put it in Smash Four, it would have counted as Link. Yeah, it would have absolutely. But, but does it count as Young Link now? I don't know. We'll find out. But, uh, fun fact, Nick didn't know this, and I found out about this through experimentation. If you use amiibos that aren't in Smash Bros, like for characters that aren't in Smash Bros, example will be Shovel Knight. You get that spirit. Just straight outright. So I have the spirits for the Bacoblin, I have the spirits for Shovel Knight, I have the spirits for all four heroes from Breath of the Wild, because they just give you the spirit. Which is great if you want good spirits, because my Shovel Knight spirits, I liked the Shovel Knight spirit. My Shovel Knight spirit's now level 99, like... So uh, definitely use your amoebs. Amoebs. Because the, I, Smash is only the game they were designed for. Yeah, honestly. Um, uh, and they, they've also released two new ones along with some of the reprints, uh, Ridley and Inkling. I'm going to pick and, up. And uh, there was a third one, wasn't there? Did they already release a third one? No, I think there was like three with the game. There's Rid- Ridley, Inkling, and Wolf. Oh, yeah, they already released Wolf. But I need to pick up the new Inkling one. Apparently, it looks so much better than the Inkling one I have. The Inkling one I have is the original Splatoon one. 
Yeah, this is the ones I have too. Yeah, and so it'll look a lot better. Um, fun fact also that oh, I found Octo- out the Octolings came out too. I I saw that the squid and the original three pack counts as an inkling. Oh, I figured. I didn't. I thought it'd be a spirit. Yep. But it counts as a full blown inkling, so I'm gonna use that one as my inkling amiibo because it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Oh, and I've also used the squids, uh, not the squid sisters, um, off the hook. You get off the hook as a spirit. Oh, nice. So, and the Metroid. I, I used a bunch. So, um, and you can use them while you're here, too. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Smash is uh, a gift that we don't deserve, and I'm so happy I got it. Um, the one thing I didn't get was a fucking GameCube adapter, but whatever. They're sold out on Amazon until the end of January. <laughs> Remember when we saw them in the store before the game came out, and you're like, I should grab one of those. And then I didn't. And now they're gone. Yeah. I, I have mine from Smash 4, so. I have a pro controller, so I'm fine, but. Anyway, yeah, we should probably end it. Yeah, we gotta end it so we can go play Smash. So we can go play Smash. <laughs> I, um, check us out on social. Uh, we didn't play D&D this week. We had a new session zero for our new campaign, which we'll talk more about next week. Yeah. Um, we played Smash. We played Smash instead. I check us out on social media. We are on both Instagram and Twitter at Navi underscore tales. Again, at Navi underscore tales. We also have a discord. It is the pinned tweet on our Twitter, uh, or you can message us on anything and we'll give you the link. Um, we, there's a uh, people talking about playing smash in it this weekend. So if you want to play smash with some people, uh, well, I mean, this episode will come. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're right. <laughs> Hope we played. <laughs> wasn't, that, I, wasn't that fun? Or maybe not? Or maybe not, because I might not be there. I, I don't know. I might be going to New York. I'm probably going to New York, but I'm hoping. Um, but yeah, so. But yeah, people are interested in playing games. Yeah. So if you are looking for people to play Smash with, I know, I think the person who reached out uh, wanted to fight other people and not uh, CPUs to to get better. Right. So if you're looking for something similar, we have a specific channel for reaching out and playing games with people. So come and join the fun. Yeah. Uh, So until next time, we'll see you then. See you. Bye. That's some shit. Now that, oh, did you hear? Remember that Green Lantern statue I was supposed to get last year for Christmas? Yeah. They canceled that order. Fucking great. (laughs) They they canceled it a year after Casey made it. (laughs) So I'm never getting that statue. So I'm like, oh, I guess I have an empty shelf that I now can do something with. I guess. I'm thinking of putting D&D stuff in it, but I just need D&D stuff. Right. Like, I'm glad I fucking didn't have anything there for a year. Yeah. So I think, like, I'll probably move the Destiny stuff down, move the comic book up to the Green Lantern shelf, and then use that shelf as the D&D stuff. I fail you. Um, So I was listening to My Brother, My Brother and Me on the way over. My Bim Bam. My Bim Bam. Um... And they were doing a uh, munch squad. I want a munch squad. Um, and like I low key want to try this because it's just fucking ridiculous. It's, what is it? Savage. So apparently, you can get a Whopper from Burger King for a penny. I know about this, but keep going. If you order it through the 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 phone app. But you have to do it at McDonald's. Yeah, it has to geolocate you at a McDonald's. That's fucking great. <laughs> I mean, I'm down to try it. That's we low- got two, like, in quick succession of each other. That's low-key great. And also might start the Great Food Wars. And I'm... I'm down. I'm down.
with with the savagery. That <clears throat> I love Munch Squad, imbued. a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. And it's always interrupting someone, and it's amazing. Yeah. I still think that Justin McElroy's Twitter account is my favorite Twitter account. Dude, they were fucking, um, like, immediately after that, or I don't know if it was immediate, but, like, shortly after that, they got a, a question about Pokemon cards. It was, like, somebody was, like, somebody's friend had asked them if they had a holographic Zapdos, and they were, like, yeah, like, you can have it. And then they looked up the price for it before they gave it to him, and they're like, what do I do? And I don't remember which one, but one of them was like, was like, knew everything. It was like, look, if we're talking like holographic Zapdos first edition, we're probably gonna run you about 80 to 100 bucks and blah blah blah. It's probably, if I were to take a guess, it's probably Griffin. I think it was Griffin. And he was like, and like the segment, the question ended with like him going like, you know, let's just, let's just take some time to like, because they were like, oh, where's your your Pokemon cards. He's like, I, just, I sold them a, a while ago. And he's just like, oh, let's let's uh, let's take a look at uh, the uh, at some of the what I, what I could have gotten now because they're like, oh, do you think if you held on to them and sold them now you could have gotten more money? He was like, yeah. He was like, oh, look, holographic holographic Blastoise, one seventy five. Well, there's the entire collection I sold it for <laughs> in one card. And he's like, oh, what about the promotional Mewtwo? He's like, ah, two hundred forty. Yeah, well, that doesn't that just puckle your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he's just getting so so he's like we need to we need to like do a question to like distract from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah I feel the he same he's so triggered oh it was fucking great on the opposite end of that back in the day do you know what ultimate muscle figures are there were those little pink figures that looked like anime pro wrestlers I feel like I do I vaguely remember these so I got a bunch of them from my cousin um, my cousin's significantly older than me. So they were like the original 80s ones. And I sold them all. And I made like a hundred and something bucks just selling the original ones. And it was like only a couple. But I made like an, a stupid amount of money selling them. And I don't know why to this day. <clears throat> But, like, it was the original run of them, so they were the original prints. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but to this day, I have no idea how I made a hundred and something bucks off them. I sold them to Toy Vault, of all fucking places. Back when Toy Vault was in the Rhode Island Mall. Back when the Rhode Island Mall was was a thing. thing. (laughs) Upon the caribou's defeat, the pig-like people flee. Upon the caribou's defeat... Upon the caribou's defeat, the pig-like people flee... Fuck. (laughs) gonna be a long night boys yeah strapping where tessie announces that klaus and lucas were found in the river and are dying by a nearby campfire okay drying. that's just drying <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're dying you better go quick however this period of short relief is short-lived i yeah did i say short relief is short-lived did i don't I, remember did those words just come out of my mouth i don't recall i'm gonna do it again that's cool and if it if I did say that, did welcome to the outtakes. <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? Duster also encounters Butcher the Farmer. But Butcher the Farmer. Fuck. Yeah, it's Butch the Farmer, but it's very obviously Butcher the Farmer. Upon reaching the cemetery, he is briefly attacked by the undead and animated gravestones before successfully infiltrating Osh- Osho Castle. Did you just call that Oshit Castle? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh shit, Castle. It's real now. 
However, the pig-like golem, uh, pig-like golem, because right <laughs> on the line below that is golem. Yeah. Okay? Fuck me. However, the drago ended up escaping, and the pig masks aren't any. Are, fuck! What the fuck today? However, the drago unended. <laughs> My fucking tongue is like in twenty knots right now. Apparently, I can tell. Arresting Wes and throwing him into a retirement home for for. Oi. And the pig max, pig masks, pig max. It's pig max. <laughs> pig to the max. Pig to the max. It's like a fucking Lunchables mascot. It's like a '90s <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon to sell a. But it's like. But it's only to sell a toy. Yeah, it's only to sell a product. But they made a cartoon out of it. Yeah. Pig max. Let's go save the day. But everyone gets really nostalgia over both that and the product. Yeah. Even though the product was garbage and the show was mediocre at best. I'm looking at you, Beyblades. <laughs> looking at you, G.I. Joe. Looking at you, Transformers. Yu-Gi-Oh is fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Both the show and the cards were great. Yeah. However, a small group of people still remain skeptical. Skeptical. Words... Okay, words are hard. <laughs> yeah, you're right. However, a small group of people still remain skeptical. Skeptical. Fuck. I'm... Mm. How much more we got? <laughs> Having a rough day, Nick. <laughs> yeah. The story continues three... three <laughs> Podcast over. We're electrically powered... We're electrically powered, Clay. It's fucking contagious. Fuck you. <laughs> Prompting him to take up a brief part-time job, escorting wor wor Worm. Fuck. Do you want me to read the rest of it? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. He places the decision in the hands of the band. Fuck. <laughs> Specifically one that would be better suited for a cafe for a... <laughs> However, a bolt of lightning supercharges the... Go uh... Golem. Golem. <laughs> Supercharges the golem. Golem.